Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 50. As the New York Rangers pull off another one, Madison stays undefeated as a New York Rangers fan. And we have a a day off here, so before we have to play the New York Islanders, which will be a tough rivalry matchup, but the Rangers are in sole position of that second-place spot in the Metro, which is... Very exciting. I think their schedule starts to favor them a little bit in terms of uh, having uh, multiple days off uh, all throughout April, uh, which is crazy that we're already here at this point. So I guess I'm going to start the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, As I mentioned on our last podcast, I am actually, if you're listening to this on Monday, I am already laying on the beach in Florida by the time you hear this. So we apologize for this being recorded a bit early, but with me going away and James having a newborn uh this you know finding time to align our schedules was proving a little difficult so we said you know what it's better for us both to be here and just uh record when we can so uh yeah it won't be the timeliest episode but luckily most of the things we want to talk about today are more uh big picture issues for the New York Rangers but yeah uh, again as so far undefeated in the uh baby Madison era and this team continues continues to uh you know no quit in New York is absolutely right because they just don't quit yeah and you look at a game like last night where you didn't get the best goaltending job from Georgie which is it's like at this point poor Georgie it's the the guy how quickly we forget of the I don't know if it was two starts ago or whatever but the the shutout performance that he had was just magnificent you know, we were just so lucky to have him. And then, man, man, talking about laying an egg, but he ends up getting the W, which is which is good. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to start start off talking about Georgie and what he kind of means to the New York Rangers, because, listen, I, I know he's not Igor and it's it's hard to judge goaltending when you have Igor playing 75 percent of your games. Excuse me, just had a seltzer. And, you know, Igor starting 75% of your games and Georgie gets thrown in and you know that's not his strong suit playing sparingly. So the fact that he gets no momentum, his back's really not up against the wall, 
We know he performs a little bit better under pressure. He does have some good performances. He had his best outing as a Rangers just a couple starts ago. And, you know, here we are with one of maybe his worst starts. I mean, some of those goals were absolutely atrocious and just no excuse for. But the Rangers, nevertheless, were able to get a win. But Andy, you know, looking at Georgie right now, you know, what do you make of this start? Because that was that was a little concerning. I mean, yeah, I honestly watching that game like I knew they were going to be kind of flat, um, but I didn't think the team looked that bad. I just thought Georgiev gave up a few softies and just the puck luck clearly didn't seem to be on their side much. I, I thought their even though their energy seemed noticeably lower and their jump, I thought their execution was still pretty good. They made I thought they were making smart outlets and trying. You could see their brains were telling them to do the right things, but just, yeah, they just had noticeably a lack of jump. And also Detroit just got embarrassed by the, the Penguins and had more rest than the Rangers. I spoke about our, the cycle of hatred uh, yes. <laughs> leading to this game. So you knew they were going to play better because they just got embarrassed and gave up 10 goals. But um, so they were going to be on their toes more. But yeah, I think even going in the first, I thought the Rangers had more of the high danger chances. It's just there was, you know, there were little leaks in their coverage. Uh, and, you know, throughout that game, uh, which was, I think, was just a symptom of coming off of an emotionally charged and game where they were super engaged. And there's, you know, a little bit of a hangover from that. But I thought that they played fine. That game should not have gone to overtime. Uh, I just think Georgiev is mentally absolutely shot. And I mean, prior to the trade deadline, he plays against Carolina. And what an audition he has to get himself out of there. I guess maybe thinking he might he might be moving on to finally get his starter gig and just didn't come together for the Rangers. And now I, I don't know if he's dejected or defeated, but that being said, I mean, the game, you know, his save percentage in these, in his last two starts against the Sabres and uh, now last night against the Red Wings are, I, it's, they're, it's not very good. It's in the high eight, eights, but yet the Rangers won both those games. So I mean, this is a team that is now humming along so that it, they're almost winning in spite of his poor performances. So, uh, and on the strength of now actually being able to score at even strength. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not a good game for him. And he admitted in the post game. Uh, and listen, there's so much speculation online from Rangers fans are like, the teammates hate Georgiev. He's a weirdo. His, his own teammates don't like him. He's got to get out of here. He's cancerous. I, I don't know. You know, I'll, I don't know what goes on in the locker room. I don't know if that's true. I don't. I, is it fishy that maybe most of his he doesn't follow a lot of his teammates on on social media and they don't follow him? Yeah, probably kind of. But I, I don't know. Whatever. There's when it, they're all business when it comes to the game being played. And that's all. I, I don't think they're actually rooting for each other to fail. So I saw like people saying, Oh, he's throwing the game on purpose because he's pouting and this and that. And I don't think he's doing that. I just think mentally he's been fighting it all year. So, uh, well, we remember he's been good. He's been, up until this season, he's been good. So, and he's, he's definitely, he just looks lost this year and he just, he doesn't, you can see the hesitation and him not trusting himself. And, being what like he's you know it's one thing to be aggressive and be out of position but you're trying to be aggressive but he just looks like he's just unsure so and that was the story last night is that the, the red wings really had no business being that game shouldn't have been close i think just for the execution level that the rangers had and you know listen they have some t 
timely young talent. They kind of reminded me of a, of a Rangers team from years past that would like not get a lot of chances, but would get an opportunistic rush chance. It would go off of someone's foot and then, you know, someone would be there to kind of cash it in. And that's kind of how the game played out. So, but you know, in the end, the Rangers proved to have too many horses for, uh, you know, they're, they're confident, their power play remains their biggest confidence uh, builder. And they needed a goal. It gets them Chris Kreider of who else gets them a goal to tie it up. Uh, four four gets them to overtime, and then uh, again, uh, you know, with Ryan Strom out, Andrew Top and Panarin continued their chemistry. And man, Panarin, up until I I thought the first half of that game he was pretty uh, pedestrian, and then he just, you know, Panarin came he you know classic bread came out in flashes, and he just ends up what he had uh, three assists or he had a goal and two assists just. Yeah, just he can do things that no one else in this, the National Hockey League can do. So when you add him to this team now that has more depth, he's just so much more dangerous because he doesn't get exposed for playing uh, just a, you know, I guess a weirder style of hockey, right? He can almost do what he wants and because the rest of the team is covering in defensively and playing well off the puck. So, I mean, yeah, they... I don't think there was a doubt in their mind they were they were going to lose that game <laughs> despite Georgiev leaking in uh, soft goals. So, you know, you give them credit and they just, they, like I said, they're humming. They just keep rolling. They just, they don't quit. And Galan said in the post game, he's like, no, I never thought we would quit. Like, I didn't expect us to quit and they didn't. So, yeah, uh, the, the record speaks for itself at this point. Yeah, and you know we weren't very good on the PK either. You know, uh, Red Wings were able to score two power play goals on us out of the three power plays that they got. Uh, you know, I thought overall the Rangers played played pretty solid. Like, it's it's tough on a back to back after a huge win uh, to go on the road and then have to play uh, a team that you know that just got embarrassed. They're hungry. They're young. A lot of these younger players especially are playing for something, whether that be, you know, their next contract, whether that be rookie of the year. So it's just it's pretty interesting to see a team like um, uh, Detroit, you know, come out and put forth a good good effort like, you know, because it does remind you of the Rangers. Right. It does remind you of what kind of what we used to be. And you could see that a few additions, a few key pieces and Detroit's going to be one of the better teams in the in the east or in their division so you know you know i I don't know like andy i don't know how many years they plan on rebuilding but you know if they bring in some higher level talent and i would imagine an organization that's an original six the history that they have that they won't have any problem making those additions with the the youth and the studs that they have coming up through the system um you know i i would say it's sooner rather than later that you know detroit will be one of those teams uh, you know, fighting for a playoff spot in the next couple seasons, if not next. So, uh, yeah, so the Rangers beat a tough middle of the pack team in the East, which we knew it was just going to be tough. The Rangers usually never make it very easy on themselves, especially in games like this. So the fact that, that we were able to get a win, that was two huge points and kind of separates us a little bit from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, we both played 68 games, but the Rangers have 93 points. Pittsburgh has 90. Again, goes back to how big those uh, two games were um, with the Buffalo Saber sandwich with the Pittsburgh bread, uh, and us able to get those four points and just a huge swing and momentum as the Rangers have now won four in a row and you know are kind of humming along. Uh, let's see, do we have anything else about that game? Um, 
Yeah, actually, you know what? I do, Andy, and I really kind of want to bring this up because this will kind of segue into a bitter, bigger uh, narrative that, you know, I think it's important for all New York Rangers to kind of Ranger fans to think about going forward. And I'm sure a lot of them have already made up their mind, but, you know, with cop playing as well, and you've touched on this before and Strom not being around, you know, looking at our cap and looking about who we want, we want to keep, you know, I mean, it, let's see, I got, I pulled it up right here. Yeah. Cop and Vetrano are, are UFAs. Uh, well, McKegg's UFA, um, and Tyler Monte UFA. So, Andy, you have Strom, who's a UFA also. Who who are we keeping and who are we letting go? Because, true, I'll be honest with you, I, and I know this is probably more recent recency bias than you know just the the last couple months with Ryan Strom just taking untimely penalties, not performing up to par, and kind of feeling like he's now just a product of Panarin, you know, the four and a half million, you know, I can kiss that goodbye and really not miss him much. So uh, I would really want to hear your thoughts on how the Rangers might handle things going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think just most uh, of Rangers social media is on board with the let Strom walk and resign cop train. It just seems almost inevitable at this point. If you had to keep one cop might, uh, even if both players were asking the same, which I don't think is the case, I think uh cop might ask for maybe slightly under, although I, I heard he did turn down a, uh, a four year, $4 million contract from the jets. But if I'm the Rangers, I would, you know, if I can make the salary work, I would give him five, you know, 5 million a year. Easy. I think he's worth it. I think he has, has shown, uh, that he has underrated offensive ability. He is a complete player. He can play in all situations. He can replace Ryan Strom pretty much. I mean, uh, does listen? He's he's hot right now. I does even if this didn't continue and he just doesn't become like Strom was with Panarin was like a perennial fifty-five to sixty-ish point player. Even if Cop never reaches above a fifty-point player, I don't really care. You know what I mean? I just think. Uh, you can just see he plays the game the right way. He's helping the Rangers generate a five-on-five offense. He is good at exiting the their own zone with the puck. He's good at entering, making his way th- through the neutral zone, carrying for possession, which the Rangers lack. And it's just been literally what the, you know what the doctor ordered for this New York Rangers team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would hope they can make it work for him. You know, Vetrano, I. I just uh, looking at the amount of salary in and salary out this and who they have to resign. I, you know, unfortunately I think he Vetrano is, he might be just uh, someone they can't afford to retain. You know, it'd be great if they could figure it out. Uh, but I just think between, you know, Kako is going to need, you assume they Kako is going to need a new contract. Uh, I assume they're both sides are going to want to bridge. Um, I don't know if the Rangers are really confident in, you know, yes, they could take a gamble and try to lock him up for a lesser number, but A, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't know. There is risk there. There is risk there. I don't know if Kako's team wants to do that because maybe they, he feels that there, he has a, you know, he can, is better than he's played. He's going to bet on himself which I think a good young player should do. Um, clearly really unlucky this year. 
with injury and just, you know, his puck luck this year has been atrocious, but, um, so yeah, so I mean, you, you, right now as it stands, they're going to need all the cheap ELC contracts they can afford next year to have on their books to help, you know, offset some of their bigger ticket guys. So yeah, they might have to look, uh, from Hartford call-ups and other things, plug and play. Uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously the Nemeth contract now is, uh, uh, if I'm the Rangers, I'm looking to get out from it. And listen, I thought Nemeth was great last night. I thought he was pretty good in the Pittsburgh game, too. He's been really up and down in his tenure here. He he had a great game last night, um, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I think that's a position where ultimately the Rangers have so much defensive depth, even if they can't keep all their young defensemen, they can replace from within. Maybe Zach Jones will be ready to go next year. Maybe Nils Lundqvist will. I am not sure. But uh, yeah, just unfortunately, like if, between Cop and Mott and Vetrano, I just think Vetrano is a guy this team ultimately will not be able to retain, which is a shame because he's been perfect. But you got him now, so and who knows? Maybe who knows what the what it will change over the summer? Maybe there's something surprising a player might want out. Um, obviously, I think the biggest issue is Chris Kreider at his age and his value right now. Is this a repeatable? Is this the new Chris Kreider for at least for the little while? Has he figured it out? Um, will he be able to repeat this performance? Uh, or is there has there never been a better time to move on from Chris Kreider in the summer? That's a tough question, and I one I don't want to have to answer, but I think it's worth asking, um, especially shoring up that money uh, in terms of the long term. But I mean, you have to. You can argue that without him this year, this team would not be in the position there. So, again, that's a difficult question, but you might have to wait till the smoke clears from the playoffs before you start asking yourself hard ones like that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to. I mean, that's a tough look on Drury too. You know, how do you move on from a fifty goal scorer only making six point five million? And and like you said, is you know, this sample size. It's only one season he's done. You know, we've been waiting for this for so long and we finally got it. And he's 30 years old now. I don't know, Andy. Like it, every time I think about it, for me personally, it, listen, you, you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. You got to keep Chris Kreider. You have him at six and a half million. If he gets 30 to 35 goals every season in his 30s and, you know, he's just more of a power play guy. He's great in front of the net, as he clearly sh- has shown. This year and in most years, you know, that was always his strong suit. Um, you know, maybe he's just kind of matured and kind of realized like, hey, like I, I am the most tenured guy here. Like this is m- more my team than anybody else's. Uh, you know, I- I'm the first line player. I'm, you know, I-, I signed this long-term contract. I'm part of this team's future. We have an opportunity here to really be competitive and, and win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, maybe that that's kind of what he needed. And, you know, he is a smart guy. He takes great care of his body. So his age really, for me, is not a factor. You know, I know he's 30 years old, um, but the way he plays and just how big and strong he is and and the way he, you know, is the way he diets and exercises, I truly don't. I don't have a concern about his health and, and, and just longevity. I think he'll be a very good player for the next four years um you know especially because most of his goals he's standing still he doesn't have to turn and burn i mean the worst of chris Kreider is when he's got a clear breakaway and he tries to be too fancy and 
and you know tries to whip out a tool that's not in his tool belt uh you know in terms of hands and with his speed so yeah I, i'm not too worried about chris Kreider. i think it's actually a pretty good contract all things being you know I, I, listen did i want him gone absolutely but you, the, you made this bed he's proven himself he's smeared some egg on my face andy but uh you know if he's gonna net 50 goals i'll wear the that egg proudly uh a couple players though that kind of keep in mind that you know probably won't be a New York Ranger, I personally think, is well, you have Strom coming off the books if you're going to go down the cop road. Uh, and then you have Philip Heedle, which is another two, 2.3 million. I think Heedle is a, a player that a lot of teams around the NHL would be very interested in because he's a guy that can play center. Uh, he can play the wing. He, uh, I think he's, well, he's 22 years old. And I think he's a player that you know, at the age of 22, I feel like he's been on the Rangers for 10 years. But I think if you put him in a smaller market, a market there, there's not that much pressure on him. Um, you surround him with, you know, a deep team. I think he'd be a pretty important piece for a, a Stanley Cup contending team that can get a cheaper center at 2.3 million, a third line center that can maybe, you know, play with a little bit more confidence in a new in new in a new setting i it's just i don't know andy i just feel like do you feel that the new york rangers organization maybe just needs to move on with Heedle and accept the fact that um he's not really going to blossom to that 2c that everyone hopefully was thinking he'd be yeah i mean it's tough because obviously he's since they put him and lafreniere together keetel's been much better and has been much more confident in actually making plays and is producing which is great and you see just what his effectiveness can be uh, on that third line. But um, yeah, unless they start radically rethinking what his role should be on this team, I think. Uh, yeah, they might. I mean, they might have to. And another thing we didn't mention because we everyone out of sight, out of mind. I mean, this team is going to have to qualify Sammy Blay for yeah. next season. We forget that he's still here. So. They just, it's an unenviable position for both Gallant and who's going to put in his lineup and Chris Drury for who to keep and who to let go. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would obviously, if it all things considered, it's like if the difference is, do you let go of Philip Heedle, uh, you know, do you let go of a Philip Heedle, um, or, and, you know, let not qualify a guy, kid like Sammy Blay, which would just make the Buchnevich trade even, even effing worse. But at the same, that lets you keep players like Kako, who's going to need some money here. Lafreniere is eventually going to need a contract. The crunch is coming, man. So it's just, these are tough decisions to make. Uh, and unfortunately, it's like, you look at this team now, I mean, the Rangers have Barkley Goudreau for the next few seasons. They might say, you know, uh, sorry, sorry, Phil. You know, they just, uh, you know, they, I don't know. They just, he's he's just not. He's, his future is not with this team, and they let uh, they resign Cop as the two C. They let Strom walk. They let Goudreau just hold down the third line center spot, or or make a trade for another young center. I you know I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean the one good thing about Heedle is that if maybe because his performance hasn't really earned him the biggest paycheck, maybe they, they are comfortable with if he's if he doesn't think he can do better with more opportunity elsewhere which i would assume maybe his agent would tell him to um if he's happy and he wants to stay just to be the third line center that's great cuz i think he can be a good third line center a play driving third line center you're not expecting him to put up have to put up 40 to 50 points you know what i mean but 
Um, yeah, I just it's I think it depends a lot on what his his team and what he feels and what also Jeff Gordon thinks about what, what Phil's role is and what that money might cost this team otherwise and who, you know. So, yeah, tough, like I said, tough decisions. Uh, but, yeah, I think obviously this how the Rangers fare in the postseason will play answer a lot of questions. It might be <laughs> there might be some easier decisions coming than we think just based on how guys acquit themselves in the postseason. So we'll see. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, and you know, I know that one of these questions is uh, well, this question in particular is going to be tough for you, Andy. Uh, what's the oper- like? What are the odds that the Rangers just say, you know what, it was a good run for Kako, it just didn't work out the way we truly wanted it to. Uh, we don't really have the money to kind of prolong this experiment. We're going to send you away and and maybe uh, get something back that's a little bit more definite and defined in terms of a an actual you know you know right winger you know i i know the rangers lost buchnevich but then they were you know hopefully going to gain back a a definite top six right winger in kako and things aren't always working out the way that you plan when you go through the draft um what what's the what are the opportunities the odds that the rangers just say you know let's see what we can get for kako uh yeah you know i mean Earlier in the season, I thought, no way. I, you know, and there was a lot of debunking of the fact that the Rangers were, were going to look to shop Kako at this deadline. But, I mean, again, depending how they fare in this postseason, I don't think anything's ever off the table. I think if you, if the only untouchable, I think, honestly, I would say this at this point in time, I mean, and this is just, listen, this is not facts. This is my own thoughts and speculation, and I could be 100% wrong, but I would imagine that Keandre and Lafreniere and Schneider might be more untouchable than Kako in this moment. I, I mean, would, would you would, agree with that? I would definitely agree. Which, Miller, and, Miller yeah. I think, is the most untouchable. And the reason why is because he, he's not going to demand a huge contract. He will be a restricted free agent. He's on an ELC for the next two years. He is easily a second-pairing defenseman. And he kind of balances the cost out of Jacob Truba for the next couple seasons. So, and he's not going to cost you that much. I I truly think Miller and Schneider are, I, I as good as Lafreniere has been lately. I think those two defensemen for the New York Rangers are more important than Lafreniere is because their cost is going to be significantly lower. And you just dump you you dumped eight million a year for Truba. 
You dump nine and a half million for Fox. You know, you have Lindgren to three million, Nemeth to two and a half million. You know, these players are going to be key pieces going forward. And if you can lock these guys up for contracts that are not huge, but you lock them for a three year deal, like whatever they want, kind of, but I, I, you're going to lock them in for a low cost. That's why I think, you know, if we're going to prolong the success and kind of keep these core pieces. I think your your the biggest problems are more on the forward end and not mu- not so much on the defensive end since things are pretty much locked in the way you kind of want them to be. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the Nemeth contract, but I would imagine, I guess they can buy him out. I don't know. You think they can move him? I, I just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, who knows? That might be one. Although, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a team that was interested in Nemeth's services. Uh, but... It might, you're, you know, if, if they can get out from that contract, maybe they're trying to hit the floor, but also are trying to be insulate a young defenseman. That's the thing. Nemeth has been good and bad. I think it helps that he had a great game on national TV last night, and even they were singing his praises in some of his defensive plays. And obviously, he's got a little bit of baked in excuse, you know, between having the, the baby and, and COVID symptoms. And, you know, uh, even though I thought him and Braun were not good. <laughs> Uh, against New Jersey, it seems like Braun took most of the heat in that one, right? So, um, yeah, I, which is weird to me. I think they there was equal blame to go around, if not more for Nemeth, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wonder if that's something you'd have to maybe, if there's no takers, would he be willing to attach a pick just to get rid of it? You know, get rid of that contract. So, uh, yeah, but these are the things that that contending teams have to do. They have to make the salary work somehow. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's tough. You got to make sure you're, you're, you're keeping yourself on the right side of the Asian curve. Cause even, and I'm not saying they can't turn on in the playoffs, but I mean, if you look at the penguins, just even last year, they were noticeably better than they were this year, even though they're in a, a good spot. It's just, they can't, I think they definitely have more holes this season than they did last year. Yeah, and let me ask you a question, Andy, because uh, I'm looking at Cat Friendly right now. The, the Truba contract goes to 25-26. This year, he's been the best we've seen Truba in a New York Rangers uniform. He's making $8 million, right? That's his cap hit. Do you think he's an $8 million defenseman? Because if we kind of get this play with him and he elevates his game a little bit in the playoffs, it's hard to argue that you're going to be able to replace a guy like Jacob Truba. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, unfortunately, I think by all, I will say lately they've been, I feel like they've, the Truba Miller pairing has been playing more than Fox and, and Lindgren. Which they have. Miller's been the, our, Miller has been consistently over the past couple of months, been playing the most minutes uh, on defense. Yeah. And I mean, just, it's, it's weird because you remember early on in their, at least as early as earlier this season, just in three on three, not seeing much of Lafreniere and Miller, seeing these two just take regular shifts and Heedle and and Gallant not sweating about it is pretty crazy, right? I mean, there's been obviously so much every now and then there's like a Gallant, his lineup, he's a dinosaur, his lineup decisions, doesn't trust young player, Lafreniere jerked around, whatever. But I mean, we've seen like the game winner against the, uh, 
against the Sabres. Who's on the ice? It's Lafreniere. It's it's Cop, who's maybe you could say is a, a veteran presence, but then it, and it's Keandre. So, you know, he, he's logging big minutes. I think obviously when you make eight million dollars, but you also have to now power play one ice time goes to Adam Fox as it should. Uh, but you know, he's killing penalties and he's the de facto leader. It just goes. Can you afford to pay two of your defensemen uh, eight plus million dollars? It's a tough question, right? Especially you already have an eleven million dollar uh, player in Panarin, <laughs> you know. And the thing is, Meek and Cryer, Mika. But I personally think they all earn their contract. Like that's no, the, I, that's, and that's the problem. I think sometimes it's not so much about do they deserve it; it's that can we can we have that many players that deserve their contract? Yeah, uh, I mean that's the problem. I mean, if, if you, they let Lindgren walk. Schneider's still on ZLC. If they bring Zach Jones up, you have two defensemen on, or Nils Lundqvist or Robertson, maybe even you have and have two defensemen on ELCs to kind of offset it. That could really help, right? Um, but then they'd have to allow Lindgren to move on because you're not getting rid of at that point. You're not getting rid of Keandre. You're not getting rid of Adam Fox. Obviously, you're not getting rid of Schneider. Clearly, uh, yeah, you get out from under the Nemeth contract. But that's the thing; they just have to. The, the more guys get repaid, they're going to have to pepper more holes. And eventually, Will Cooley and Brennan Othman will be knocking at the door, you have to imagine, or the Brett Berard. Maybe that's not next year. That could be the year after. But who knows? Maybe Will Cooley is uh, in, the, in the mix for next season. Uh, you know? So, and you look at what are the Rangers going to do with Tyler Mott? They clearly have, you know, he's been a breath of fresh air for this team, but is he in their long-term plans? I'm not sure. I mean, same thing with Rooney. Uh, you know, Dryden Hunt, uh, you know, I just, it's just interesting to see how they're going to approach, approach this year. So eventually they're going to have to move one of their big ticket players. Um, how soon is that? I don't know. Uh, and is it at this point, do you think it's a Banajad? I'm not really sure. They don't have any replacements for him. So you're not moving him, right? No. And he earns his contract. Like, yeah. I mean, tell, explain it, to me why we'd move on from Mika Zibanejad. Like, well, we, we, that's the thing we wouldn't, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is someone has to get moved eventually. So you have to then go down and say who, who it's like, almost like we have to cut ourselves, which cut would be the least deep. Zabanajad is out of the question. They don't have, they have poor center depth anyway, or at least you could say up to this point, they've had it. And if they get rid of Mika Zabanajad, you know, I'm very happy with Andrew Kopp. I am not confident in him being your one C, right? Uh, so yeah, um, so it's not him. It's, it's gotta be Truba. Truba's it's gotta be Truba, right? Or y- you could say Chris Kreider, but he's, he's one of the, he's become really emerging as a leader on this team and the goal scoring and the Rangers, were they the deepest, their deepest on defense. So it would have to be Truba. And you basically say, you know what key, this is going to be, but I, I will say this though. I mean, Andrew cops here and now he's got his buddy, Jacob Truba welcoming him. Does that True. hurt their campaign to resign cop? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a silly little thing, but it could make a difference. Who's to say that cop and Steve Eiserman will then won't be waiting to give cop and Truba some money, you know, to walk right, go to just to go to Detroit. It's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's there, I guess there's layers to it and we just, we don't know how it's going to play out, but it's, uh, it's really interesting to think about. You know, Andy, this was supposed to be like an inspiring <laughs> podcast, and all you've given me is anxiety 
and the inevitable that if we don't win a Stanley Cup this year, it's all for nothing because we're not going to be able. I don't even know how we're I, looking at the cap right now. I don't know how we're going to even have a team next year, like as an organization. It's like. I like all these players. They everyone earns all their contracts. It's like there's not a, a I, you know, I mean, say what you want around, about Strom. I mean, for four and a half million and he's an unrestricted free agent after next year. So it's not like we're tied to him. It's his contract's fine. The only realistically, the only way to approach this is we got to somehow get rid of Truba's contract or get rid of Lindgren's and uh, Nemeth's, which will free up five and a half million. After next year, the 22-23 season, $3.4 million comes off in dead cap. So, you know, uh, you bridge Kako. Um, I don't know what you're going to do with Sammy Blay. I mean, I don't know if, how much he can really ask for. I mean, he was out all season. He only makes one5 Uh, Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, Andy. I really don't know. And I guess... Yeah, I guess we're we're just gonna have to see what Drury decides um, he likes in terms of our youth coming up, because uh, you can get rid of the Heatles, but there's got to be someone there to replace them, right? That off, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, we can get rid of the Julian Gauthiers and the and the Greg McKegs and Johnny Brzezinski's and and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you know, these guys that are playing fourth line roles for us have been pretty solid, and you can't really, you know. You can't really, uh, you know, uh, you can only do so much on that fourth line in terms of freeing up room because someone else is going to have that type of contract coming in. So, yeah, you're right. Going to be one of the big ticket players. And now uh, I'm pretty stressed out and sweating a little bit. So thanks, Andy. So, you know, that meme where it's a guy and a girl and they're like the guy, the guy's on his side in bed and the girl is kind of looking at him and she's like, he's probably thinking about other women. And then it's like whatever he's thinking about. That's me with, but with like the Rangers, uh, you know, salary structure and how they're going to fit it all every year. You know, I'm sure my wife is like, sees me on my phone looking at cap friendly and, and, you know, just Ranger social media. And it's just like, you know, he's probably, she's probably texting other women. And meanwhile, I'm like in my head trying to make the Rangers, uh, theoretical set, you know, calculate how much the salary caps can go up and (laughs) how many you know future rangers they can afford or resign so um but yeah but listen there's that's every team in, in the national hockey league uh has to deal with these issues and the good ones not only do they make them work they make it work in their favor um they replace internally and you know there's some there's so many teams that said on paper this team should win the stanley cup but they don't uh or like this is going to make our team worse and then somehow it works out even better so who knows but um yeah i just think hopefully chris drury has to this point has maybe shown that he might not be the shrewdest uh negotiator although obviously he did a great job with the vetrano trade um and yeah i think you could say he didn't really get fleeced in the cop trade it's a pretty much was market value but uh at least in terms of if you want to take this as diagnosing what your team needs, I mean, that's clearly a strength of, or at least in his first season here, that seems to be a strength. He knew the team needed to be grittier and he got players like Goudreau and Reeves that have clearly helped. I mean, 
uh, and he basically assessed what the type of players they needed at the trade deadline, and he nailed it at so far. So he, they knew, he knew they needed more team speed and carrying the puck through the neutral zone, and he got just the perfect players to to complement that. You know, he, this team doesn't shoot the puck enough against Frank Petrano. This team doesn't uh, generate enough five on five offense by moving the pucks through the neutral zone. I, you got Andrew Kopp, or this team is slow. The fourth line, the bottom six is slow when, when Revo's on it. So he gets uh, Tyler Mott. So, uh, and also, you know, kudos to Revo for having, listen, I, I don't think he should play every game, but uh big goal on TNT, Mr. TNT. I'm going to start calling him. because yeah. He performs when the Rangers are on TNT. So, and I think they're going to run with that too. So that's pretty cool. And uh, whether he's in or out of the lineup, he's a, uh, he just makes his team better with his presence, right? So, so it's always nice to see him get rewarded. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I at least I think Chris Drury has earned the, my trust in terms of saying, this is who I, these are the players we can afford to let go, and this is how I can replace them, or you know, we can look towards the future. So, uh, yeah, let's hope my my uh, faith is not too misplaced. Um, also, if I sound weird, this is my first time recording from bed. My wife is in the office in meetings all day where I usually podcast from. So I am laying on my side like Kate Winslet in Titanic with my uh, mic on my nightstand. So, yeah, it sounds different. That's why. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm kicking that can down the road, James, because I'm going <laughs> to my my site right now are set uh, squarely on the playoffs and this Rangers team. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'll I'll deal with that <laughs> when I have to. But right now, I'm just going to enjoy this, uh, the ride, at least to the playoffs. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.